Hello friends, welcome to The Real Camille Show. A few nights ago, I had the honor and pleasure of interviewing Dr. Elderberry Sulis live actually on Instagram. And I wanted to tell you all about my new live interview series happening every Sunday and Tuesday evenings live on my Instagram page at Camille Rosefields. And I hope you come check it out sometime. Dr. Elderberry is a naturopathic doctor, a vitalist herbalist, and an incredible wealth of information and knowledge. And I might add an energy healer and worker as well. I hope you enjoy this interview. Let me know what you think in the comments or come visit us over on Instagram at Camille Rosefields. Hello, hello. Good evening. Welcome. This is a very exciting live interview with Dr. Alderberry. Oh, look, she sent a request. Okay, so it's just connecting. Hi. Hi. Yay. Hello. I'm so excited. <laughs> can you hear me okay? Yeah, can you hear me? Yes, it got a little it was like a little funky for a second. Oh my goodness. This is very exciting. <laughs> um, it's wonderful to meet you. We're meeting right now for the first time for everybody. I know. Time, so. I've been following you for a really long time. So this is really cool. <laughs> oh, yeah. I love this. <laughs> awesome. Well, I'm so excited to be kicking off the Sunday evening interview series with you. And I just love all of your content. It really like it just hits like right here for me and um i'm just like i can't wait to chat and pick your brain and hear just what's on your mind right now so how are you doing right now how are you doing today oh well we finally are getting warmer days here so i'm really excited i know i saw you guys are in like snow but here it's like um about 70 today so i started my wow. and then, yeah just getting in the mode of like it really feels like when in bulk comes, it really does feel like it's starting to be spring here, which is really awesome. So mm -hmm. thing of living in North Carolina and then, you know, all of the spring greens are starting to pop up now, like chickweed and nettle and, oh, wow. you know, yeah. And, you know, when the first dandelion comes up, it's kind of just like, oh my gosh, the bees are back. You know, it's like this really, it just mm -hmm. is a, this, you know, and even my son just like, we feel it all the way down into our spirit, you know, it's like, oh my gosh, it's, everything is back, you know, it's like the hope. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. It's like all of our friends returning to, for a visit. I feel like anytime plants come back in the spring or just reappear in the spring, I'm like, oh my gosh, I'm so happy to see you. Uh, they are just the best of friends, you know, just our kinship that we forget about, you know, mm -hmm. on a 
or that not we, but most people are just walking by and forgetting. Mm-hmm. Walking, walking by and walking on, forgetting. Mm-hmm. <laughs> really. Yeah. So, oh, that's so great. It's actually a really springy day here, even though there's still quite a bit of snow on the ground. It was like, 46 which felt like t-shirt and shorts weather and (laughs) for us um so it's really exciting that spring feels it feels close that's awesome yeah you too you do like the whole works over there so (laughs) you probably going on (laughs) it's a lot yeah we we're just going all out in just about any direction we can think of. And we're excited to be out in uh, like a mushroom forest in on the land this spring. And we're just, I have like an animal. Um, I'm, I've been trying to replace the word addiction with a better word lately. And it's really just like lots of eagerness about creatures and caretaking and just having like a really well-rounded assortment it's been a lot of fun oh wow yeah so I just love what you guys are doing especially you know everybody kind of panicking after the pandemic hit and you guys are just like feeling in your self-sufficient because I'm like what are we gonna do and I'm such a I'm like a Taurus I'm like I need the like, okay, where's the food coming from? Like, I, I need to know where the food is coming from, you know, and, um, and like all the things and that sort of like stability kind of thing. And so it's, it's a lot of fun to kind of just take the opportunity to make all of our dreams come true. Anyway, you know, it was like, oh, yeah, maybe in five years, maybe in 10 years. And now it's like, now, now seems like a really good time. Yeah, it's always right now. I mean, geez, and you guys have the land for it and everything. So it's, it's wonderful to see that blossom. Mm, thank you. Thank you. <laughs> well, I'm so excited. I just like so many of the the words that you write are really impactful for so many people right now. And I feel like this is such a beautiful time of um, this, like, you know, the earth guardians and light warriors coming up strong. And um, it's a lot of responsibility and it's a lot of energy in so many ways, right? And it's like the light and the dark and the mix and all of the things. Um, But I also really am so fascinated by you being a naturopathic doctor and that's that's the only type of doctor I've ever seen in my life, and oh. um, and so that's like what I grew up going. You know, if I were to do a doctor's visit, it was it was just to the naturopath, and oh. um, and so I have a, such a soft spot in my heart. So it's like my childhood visits are like, you know, going home with a little homeopathic vials. And, you know, the golden seal remedy and the different things. And so I really love, I saw a recent um, breakdown. I think you were talking about like allopathic medicine and it being such a like band-aid or something. I I forget exactly the terms you were using, but I would love to hear your thoughts on a, a difference, right? What's, what is the difference between, you know, allopathic medicine and naturopathic medicine for you? 
Yeah, well, it's funny that I kind of, I started this path basically going down the allopathic route. I mean, I grew up in a completely allopathic establishment, actually. I My mother was a nurse. Mm-hmm. And I mean, when I say, like, it was all around me, like, she brought the actual vaccines to home. Like, I don't even know if that's legal, but, like, they were in our fridge, you know? Oh, my like, God. <laughs> yeah, so, like, like, it's time for your flu shot, you know? And mm. uh, I, my turning point was when I was really, really sick. So um, I just mm. started questioning at the point of, you know, being actually really, really, really sick. And I started realizing, you know, I'm just getting these symptoms and then they're covering up my symptom with another thing. And then that's causing another symptom. And then they're giving me another pill for that. And I just want to say that I value the allopathic establishment for its ability to be like a source for rescue. Like if somebody, if I were to break my leg, I definitely want to be able to go to the hospital. Right. Um, But the danger lies in where you have this chronic condition that keeps going on. And then they're causing more of a chronic condition by just saying, okay, well, for example, you have eczema. Mm -hmm. Uh, Let's give you some steroids to let's just see if. Really? Is that what their answer is? I don't even know. Yeah. Steroids. Something that's going to make it speed up and just try to try to basically from the skin level heal or, you know, a lot of what I hear is a lot of women coming to me and I have men and women clients, but a lot of women coming to me basically saying I have all my symptoms and I was just told we don't have for you. We just have you're you're probably just depressed. Let's give you an antidepressant. Mm. And I fact that. Um, naturopathy really goes to all the way to the root of what's going on. So say the danger could lie in the fact of somebody coming to me and just saying something very vague, like I have a ton of fear, you know, I, I just have, I feel like I'm always alert. Like I'm always, I can never really be present. I can never really be mindful. And, um, they put, and the doctor just kind of looks at him like, like Valium, you know, or something that will calm the nerves, which is kind of like, it's just with the nervous system and it's just giving a Band-Aid really, like you said, but, and then mm-hmm. you were looking deal with, I read people's faces, I read their tongues. Like, it's really odd that most of my career is like staring at people's tongues, but oh my gosh. Wow. Um, yeah. So you can see that like, that person actually has like a overactive thyroid and it was totally went under the radar for everybody. But, you know, then there's really gentle herbs that can kind of just like gently knock on the door to the root cause and work on that thyroid. And it can save somebody from being on thyroid medication for the rest of their life, you know? And that mm-hmm. was actually. I got Vitalist herbalism, which is even more amazing, actually. And I kind of had to unlearn some things that I started to learn in naturopathy school. Mm-hmm. You still kind of hit when you're a naturopath, you kind of try to go for like, what are the symptoms? And you kind of try to treat them with like, maybe some medicines or some homeopathy, like homeopathy is a little bit different. But when you go into herbalism, and you have the right form of herbalism, you're treating all the way to this. You can figure out like, wow, is this person actually, like, the cells are just really, um, like, really active, or are they just really underactive? 
and there's a lot there so I could just keep going on and on like forever but basically it's like are you going to all the way down to started like day one the cells and then or are you just going to go with the very top surface level thing and I think a lot of people give the example of like all the way out to the branch or are you going to heal the root you know like a tree Mm -hmm. yeah yeah I really like that I really like that I um I remember when I was like when so around age 20 or in around age 20 for me I had sort of like you know I grew up I grew up vegetarian and vegan and lots of good things going on whole food wise in my house um and my upbringing and um my you know my parents did all natural routes with um with immunization and all of that sort of stuff none none of that for me um but so when I was 20, I, I had a big lifestyle shift and I completely had like, I had dabbled in like partying for a couple of years and just drinking nothing else, but like, just like big, big shift pretty much overnight. And I remember um, maybe when I was 22 or something, I visited my aunt and um, she was like really, really out of it. And I just, I was like, this is not my aunt. Where is she? And I went to use the bathroom and I found all these little orange bottles and I came out and I was like, what medications are you on right now? And I broke it down with her for a whole, the rest of the afternoon. And she was on 14 different medications and at the time there was like you know that was that was like 14 years ago and so i didn't have instant access to the internet but i was like able to take the list with me i wrote down all the things took the list with me looked up a little bit of what i could find at the time which was not as much information um then but i was like wait a second this thing lists all these side effects and then they put her on this because of this side effect which they're calling a symptom and i just i went down this crazy rabbit hole of like like completely trying to understand and wrap my head around every single little thing and it was a huge eye-opening experience for me because um i had really just sort of been like you know just trained to take a more natural route but i wasn't really like no definitely not for so many things and um i like i i remember having like a therapist at one point um just a few years ago talking to me about um some intense stuff that i was going through at the time and she was like well i think it's time you go on an antidepressant and i was like wait a second how did we jump from like all these amazing therapy sessions to that and I was like whoa I took that information home and I was like well I know what I need to do for healing and so I've gotten I've had so many experiences where I've had like an answer that I'm like okay I'll take that and you know like you're saying you know if I break my leg I want to know that I can go and see a practitioner for that 
And um, I've, I've had some moments in my life where I was so stubborn that I like waited a day and a half to go to an emergency room with a broken arm. And I don't recommend that for anybody. But um, <laughs> but and, and then I didn't take any pain relief that was prescribed to me. And that's, that's like something I've just, I just like is a rule for myself. And I'm happy that somehow that just like became a rule at some point. Like I've seen enough people go down these paths of over uh, medication for um, just about anything that it really, when you can see it clearly, it's like, okay, that's, I, I see what that is and what it's for. And um, it's not a system I want to be a part of. So. They see how the doctors don't see it that way, you know, mm -hmm. and even or, you know, to, you know, the kids who come into me who are really seriously vaccine injured, who mm -hmm. the parents, you know, they've just kept saying, if you do not continue with the schedule, we will kick you out of your practice. And I said, well, I'm really glad they did because now you're here and you're here with me and I can, you know, be the person who helps you get the exemptions and things that you need. So mm -hmm. <laughs> they really, I think a lot of doctors go into it with a really good heart, but I think that they get so blinded by continuously being told these other people are just quacked and they don't know what they're talking about and mm -hmm. yeah <laughs> it's really mind-boggling in a way the the and we're seeing that all over now i feel like with the closed-mindedness how far this establishment has reached into just daily life even now and it's mm -hmm. everywhere you know whatever they say goes and don't you dare question it mm -hmm. and you know, the ones who, but I really value the people who are questioning, you know, the people who have that like little seed in their heart, that little mm -hmm. seed, pick up, you know, and they're the change makers mm -hmm. and really value it, as crazy as it is being a change maker right now is so exciting. Mm -hmm. <laughs> um, it's also so crazy. <laughs> it is. It's crazy. It's, uh, it's like, you can't. Uh, <laughs> I never thought it would be so in our face who believes this stuff and who doesn't, but it's really interesting to have that so in your face now. <laughs> right, right. <laughs> Literally a symbolistic in your face. Yeah. I just saw somebody say you're breaking up a bit. Oh, um, let me see. Wonder. Is it just that? Can you guys hear me okay? Or is it, you know? it it goes in and out a smidge, but it's like I hear mostly everything. It's just my dog. <laughs> uh, it looks like I have full. Okay, I let's just keep going. I think that's good. It's good. So I so speaking of. <laughs> this whole being a change maker um, and everything that comes with that. Um, I think that it takes a certain level of courage and um, just like, I don't even know. It's, it's, 
it's funny how many times last year I was like, I wish I didn't want to do this. <laughs> you know, um, it would be so much easier, but not really easier. Um, if I if I didn't have the desire or the, the drive really to speak out. And so I would love to hear from you, like, what gives you that courage? What is what drives you in this way? Mm. Well, I think the big thing is, I just as a doctor, I know how horrible it is, number one, to not question anything. I mean, if you're not questioning what somebody said to you, if you're not um, having a second thought or even, you know, second opinion, wanting a second opinion on something and something doesn't really feel right to you. I mean, in your gut, you should always be going with your gut. You should always be going with, you know, um, let's just backtrack to first of all when has it ever been okay to cover up your breathing holes you know when has it ever been okay to um not look at research that was done on that you know and think mm. of these you know people say that there's so much science on this and but look at the science of when there was other pandemics and when people were covering up their faces with masks and what that led to mm -hmm. uh, you know and that led to a ton of bacterial pneumonia but just mm -hmm. even at um, the more that I study the herbalist of many, many, many years ago, I realized that we've gone off on this really strange path of the way that we deal with illness. So we've gone into like this fighting germ thing. And it's really interesting because germs, yes, they are, they are a threat when you're drinking bad water or you have like contaminated food. Um, but the work of Dr. Thomas Cowan has been really influential to me. And also, like I said, a lot of the old herbalists, because they didn't first actually deal with the immune system when somebody got sick. That wasn't the first, they didn't even really think of things that way. It was actually something called the thermoregulatory system. So we yes. have on our skin, we have pores that open and close all the time to keep our, that's why we have like goosebumps. Mm -hmm. So we have little temperature regulators all over. And whenever we fall ill, what's the thing that we know released us from that illness? You know, we wake up, we've just been through this crazy fever. We wake up and we've sweat like through all of our clothes. I mean, everybody's been through this experience where they probably wouldn't be alive right now because when we go through fevers, it actually leads us into these different stages of life like children actually experience fever like my son right now is actually mm -hmm. in a fever fever it's not like a hot and cold chill but he's actually losing his first tooth mm. but he's fever and he's um there's something very spiritual in that but um just to backtrack a little bit about the thermoregulatory system so the herbalists of of old would actually work with the thermoregulatory system. So if you go to a really good herbalist now, one of the things that they'll say to you if you're sick is drink like the old gypsy cold care tea, you know, the yarrow, the mint, the elderflower, because what does that do? It is diaphoretic. It mm -hmm. makes you what sweating does is it basically pushes all of the heat, the toxins, everything out to the periphery and helps our circulation push everything out. And that's one of the first things we should be doing is getting somebody sweating. We should be thinking of the thermal regulatory system, you know? So, but everybody 
it's great that everybody's thinking of the immune system, but it's so funny to me to think about the little germ because that's never been what most herbalists or doctors ever used to think about. And it's not, it's not actually a radical idea and it's not helpful. <laughs> you know, it's only serving the pharmaceutical industry, actually. So they can say, we isolated this little thing and we found out that's the problem. So we can sell you the shot. You know, we can sell you the solution or, um, but you know, if somebody does get like a cat bite and it goes into the skin, that's a little different. You do need like an antibiotic for like a cat bite, but to think of this virus as something that should be treated in any different way. I've now treated so many people with this virus and Mm -hmm. it's just like flu, you know, Mm -hmm. and then if it does go further into the lungs, there's still lung herbs you can use to, to support the lung. So um, it's just, it's very interesting to me that they've really worked their magic brain washing tools to make everyone really like not even remember how they used to act for the seasonal flu, you know, <laughs> cause it was, and it's, right. it's incredible. It's, it's very tricky and, very very tricky to navigate even but thankfully I have people who are like coming to me who are the people who I don't have to go through a big spiel with think you know they already know and they when they're my clients they pretty much know what I stand for so you know but it's the other people who are kind of like just totally lost in this this new this brave new world of medicine that isn't really helping anyone and you can really see just with the numbers of what they're doing even with people on ventilators you know you can see that when you have a really really high percentage of people who are dying on a ventilator maybe it's time to take people off a ventilator you know like um it's just it's it's a very amazing time though to be an herbalist also because I think it's made a lot of people realize a lot um, it's made people realize hopefully more and more every day, the trickery that's going on. Right. Right. The total deception and yeah, trickery is a really good word. It's like, it's just mind boggling that, um, you know, people who smoke cigarettes and, are in the McDonald's fast food line are the same people like at the store yelling at me about not wearing a mask. And I'm like, do you want help shopping? Yeah. <laughs> do you need any help today? I just like, I don't really have any helpful things to say to people anymore. It's hard. It's a little hard to, I mean, just in person, it's a little hard to, um, to handle anyone um confronting me but also people have stopped confronting me i feel like it's now just like there is just like separate worlds or something um if i'm out and about and um so that's actually kind of a, a a bonus at this point is um when when i'm out and about and um i'm the only one in a store with like you know 60 50 60 people or something it's just me without a mask um it's i think it's it's so surprising for some people to see that that they're like whoa okay 
or um, just recently I was, you know, I went for a walk in town with my kids and some friends' kids and at, and we, none of us had masks on and, um, and it was like every single head turned to see me and all these children. And I, it's like, that is such a huge paradigm shift from, you know, a year and a half ago of uh, being in this area that's really quite a natural area. It's like kind of the, a, it, it used to feel that way. It was like this um, area that's really saturated in organic farmers and like homeschooling families and like tons of alternative thinking people. And um, that is the, that's the part that's really hard for me to understand is the people that seem to have been for so many years growing their own food, like really standing behind organic and non-GMO and um, fighting the system. And then they are the ones completely falling for the system and thinking somehow, I, I don't know, it's like a really just an interesting, an interesting thing that's happening with that. Yeah, well, fear can do really incredible things, can it? You know, mm -hmm. I feel like people who are really afraid the most are the older people who are the ones who really say something if they see you without a mask on. Mm. Um, and, you know, the really deep, uh, more with the trickery of, like, you're helping people. So it helps people go into, like, a white shadow, as one of my teachers used to call it, which is, like, the white shadow is a little funny because it's not as dark as you would think. It's like, I'm serving humanity. You know, I'm, I'm here mm. to help. You know, and, and it's even a, not to make it wrong or judge it, but it's, you know, when your mask becomes a sign of how great you are because you're helping everyone, mm. you know, it's really, um, it's, it's so incredible the depths that we will go to to really be accepted as well. It's it hitting so many different shadow points with people. And that's what's fascinating about it, you know, is, well, I'm helping you, you know, my mask helps you. And, you know, we all know that that's not true at all. And the mask is doing nothing. And it's actually mm -hmm. hurting quite a lot. But, you know, mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. makes like they are um, doing a lot of good in the world. And that's, a really sad thing, you know, but it's interesting how when you let this like grand story play out, it's just really funny to sit on the sidelines and watch it, you know, and then be the person who is not wearing a mask as part of the story, <laughs> you know, like we're the, we're like the crazy people who <laughs> in the story who are, who are changing, you know, we're putting a little seed into that story to change it. And I love that. I really I don't know. It's it, at the same time that it's so upsetting. It's also really fascinating to be this part of the story. You know, I, I really value, you know, because when kids do come to me and they have the staph infections on their face and medical, the regular allopathic establishment can't do anything for the staph infection, what can? And herbs can, mm -hmm. you know, and you can change with your side of reality you know they've come over to a different a different thing than they ever would have done before and i think maybe it takes that sometimes is this grand story of life it takes this 
great tipping point for people to come over. You know, when I have clients who come to me who've gotten tons of things removed, but we can still do something because they've run out of options otherwise. You know, right. I think takes this might be the tipping point. Who knows? But it seems like it to me. <laughs> yeah, it's really fascinating sometimes when life just like it pushes you to that tipping point before you can really make make a big change. And I I can I can totally resonate with that and have experienced that on a number of different levels of just like it actually if you come to the breaking point, mm -hmm. there's nowhere to go but like breaking the walls of the comfort zone. And that is a that's I feel like part of why we're here is to allow that to happen and to be so incredibly uncomfortable that we have to literally bust out the walls of the comfort zone. And I feel like so much of where people um, are, you know, maybe not quite stepping into that yet or not quite waking up to, you know, the truth yet is is there, they want to be in that comfort zone. And I really understand that. I really do. I like completely get that, um, that feeling of wanting that. And it's really actually, for me, that comes from fear. And so it's like not actually really coming from a place of comfort. It's coming from a place of fear of what's outside the comfort zone. And so that feels like um, a lower, you know, a lower sort of emotional state to be in and once we get out of that comfort zone even though it completely is like people say fear of the unknown and mm. I I don't feel like I feel like that's sort of like an old paradigm statement right there's like everything is unknown how yeah. cool is that how exciting is this literally everything is unknown and even more so now and it's like it's time to just like embrace and get excited about that because there's a lot that we nobody knows what the rest all the little steps of their thing their lives are gonna really be and so it's just it's just fun it's just like it's fascinating yeah, and like how I really wonder too, like how after a year of being told you have to wear a mask, mm -hmm. it's going to be the point where people finally say like enough is enough. Like I'm not going to put my kid in this anymore. I'm not going to be, I'm just not going to, I'm not going to stand for it anymore. Mm -hmm. And um, it's going to take that. And I foresee that a lot of people are going to have to come to that point, especially with what I see with a lot of children who are in school um, and what's happening you know, when they come home from school after wearing a mask all day. So I think that it's going to be the parents who are going to finally be like doing it. And, uh, you know, I'm the doctor who's the one right now writing all the mask exemptions. <laughs> but <laughs> so happy you're out there doing that. <laughs> uh, I mean, I'm thinking of all the little kids right now who are just happily not wearing their mask and unfortunately having to be around a bunch of people who are, but um, mm -hmm. it's, it's going to have to take real bravery. And it is you're, anybody who is standing up against this, because this is like a huge tidal wave of people who are like for the COVID narrative, you know, mm -hmm. you're really brave. Mm -hmm. And 
stick with it, you know, stick with that absolute bravery and it, it will go somewhere, mm-hmm. you know, it will. at least, you know, everyone is a universe unto themselves and you can have this beautiful universe around you that you created, you know, your life is, is a perfect example of you can create around you whatever you really, truly want. I mean, things are always going to come in and shake that up because mm-hmm. like changes all there is, you know? So there's always going to be something that comes in and is like, oh man, like I really, like I really don't want to do that or really feel uncomfortable, but that's how we have this grand story of life, you know? But you still, you get to choose the people that are around you. You get to choose the medicine that you want, you know, at least in this country. I mean, I can't say that. I know that for every other country, but mm-hmm. it's it's really beautiful the way that we can we really can just choose for ourselves to have this this just serenity if we choose right now most of us yeah it's a total choice i feel like um i shared yesterday this quote by somebody that um was basically saying is somewhat the gist of um we're not it's we're not refusing an injection it's a choice we're not refusing to go with the narrative it's a total choice and so and i was kind of just playing around with that like did you are you did you refuse to you know drink alcohol yesterday or did you make a choice did you refuse to like take drugs last week or is it a choice you know Did you refuse to eat that fast food the other day or was it a choice? And so I feel like the more we can encourage people to to, um, be excited about the choices, hopefully that's, hopefully that helps all of the, all of the, all of the people, all of humanity. Um, I wanted to touch on, we mentioned, you mentioned children quite a few times and um, I have this down to, to, ask you about is talk to me about like how you feel this is affecting the current you know generation of children and how you think this can affect um our future generations i know i've seen you speak about this a little bit and i'd love to hear your thoughts on that well i'm really fortunate to have a lot of children around me whose parents are guarding them very well and i Mm -hmm. feel really really um just like so blessed to see that because um over here in Asheville is kind of like this hippie vibe kind of community and um there's like a huge Facebook community that's like anti-mask and anti-vaccine for like all the kids and you know they get together and let their kids play in nature and um Mm. like I'm seeing these because I deal with a lot of kids who are in like Waldorf schools and Montessori schools and homeschool. So the kind of kids that I see are the ones that I'm really not worried about. And mm-hmm. they're asking questions. And these are the kids who are like young, but they're really woke up because their parents are just, you know, allowing them to make their own, you know, showing them that there is a different way. And I really think that's really beautiful, but you know, as, as concerned as I am for the kids who are having to wear a mask at school all day, what I'm hearing from parents who actually do send their kids to a, a school at ma- with a mask all day is that the kids don't believe it. <laughs> you know, the kids don't want to be masked. 
they don't doing this and it's a majority of the kids I mean I've heard this from parents in many states now and as somebody who grew up in the medical establishment and then saw how sick I got from that I think that these kids will be the ones who really start to wake up their own parents hopefully they'll be the ones who you know really just get sick and tired of it they, they get sick and tired of being sick and tired because as we go through the generations, we're losing that like primal essence. Like our grandparents' parents were really strong and just like they got the like virgin, like more nutrient rich soil, you know, and they had like everything was organic back then. And now we're getting the kids who are like really easily ill, you know, really easily having these like chronic autoimmune conditions. And they're going to be the ones who are like, I don't want to do this anymore. I really feel like that's what's going to, it's going to come to. And that's from my own personal experience. That's what I feel like is going to happen because you can't keep just seeing yourself down this path forever and being like, well, I'm just going to live with it. Cause you know, you're not going to live with it. You know, you're not going to live through it. Mm -hmm. um, and that's really my hope and what I'm, you know, I'm foreseeing. And I'm also seeing this huge movement of, of people who are just saying, I'm refusing to put my kids in school now, you know, I'm just gonna, they're gonna be at home. <laughs> and they're making it work. And I think it's really beautiful. So the parents are, it's gonna be a very starting from home kind of thing, where that's my feeling anyway. And that's my greatest hope. And that's where I'm seeing a lot of hope. Um, and the kids who just know better. It's so beautiful how many kids that I know who just like, and I mean, this isn't everywhere, but who just know, like, they can go outside and eat some, like, stuff that's in the lawn or, like, you know, they know the things that are good for them. And, you know, that can change so easily. And the more people are homeschooling, the more the kids are able to go play in the dirt and see a different way. You know, and the way that you're raising your kids and if kids are given a different option even or even just able to question. And just like you said it'll there is that tipping point you just can't take anymore so there's a lot of different ways this could go and just like you said I feel like it's splitting a bit <laughs> into two different categories of people um but maybe what happens is and that a lot of people come over to a more natural lifestyle because when COVID hit I will say that I was astounded how many people wanted to come to an herbalist because there was no other option they were so scared. <laughs> they were so terrified that they went ahead and went with something they'd never done before because they they had to. <laughs> they felt like they had to. Right. That's really fascinating. I remember, too, like, yeah, early on, there was all this, like, you know, talk about what nutritional supplements to get, and everybody was really on the... Um, yeah. Oh my gosh, the the different supplements and the vitamin D and the elderberry or the or the zinc or the you know all those things that were like out of stock everywhere, um, mm -hmm. and I you know I kind of forgot about that, but that was like some you know an interesting or vitamin C. I remember that was a big one too, and mm -hmm. um, yeah, these things are also helpful if we're if we're able to create too like a healing environment. And I feel like 
supplements don't do really hardly anything at all if you're like living in fear um, every day as well. And so, but I wanted to say, I absolutely love what you say about the children. And that does feel like such a good, just an incredible beacon of hope to, yeah. to put that in, put, put a little bit more trust in our children to be the ones to rebel and to, to see this next generation, this future generation um, of people. And I, I, mean, I see it in my kids for sure. Um, but they also like, they get my, you know, all the time. Mm -hmm. And everything I say and all, you know, um, so, but it's really, it's really quite an interesting thing to hear. Like you, you said about the kids who like, don't believe it. And I didn't really realize how it's happening. And, um, that's really fascinating. It's, it's, it's so incredible to see so many children being home now and I remember last year, all the like many, oh my gosh, the many like complaints of people on the internet of like, no, I'm homeschooling and all this stuff. And I'm just like, it's the coolest thing ever. Just keep going, you know? And I'm a, I'm a product of homeschooling, like literally as a child. And so it's like, it's my kids are now second generation of being out of the school system and I, I'm just excited about all of these kids that now get to be broken out of that system and get to be completely out of that, you know, indoctrination um, system that goes on. It really is an indoctrination system. I mean, all of it <laughs> is, wow. Mm -hmm. I mean, that's why it was created. That's a whole nother story and a whole nother topic. Yeah. That's, yeah. that's actually why it's there. <sighs> um, so I want to talk about um, the energy of being these change makers. I get so many messages from people who are starting to do these little bits of speaking out and maybe in just a few friends or just a friend or two, right? And everyone has a platform. It is like every platform comes in every, um, every size, right? If you're talking to four people, that is a ripple effect. And that it's if you talk to one person a day it's a ripple effect and you have no idea right how these things ripple out into the world and I, I i read something you said about like our energy and protecting our energy around this time and around this specifically and i feel like i i really um i had to learn that the hard way last year and I, I didn't really understand a lot of the energetic attacks that I was experiencing. And then all of a sudden, one day, I sort of just was like, I think I'm being psychically attacked. Like, I don't know how else to say this. And I've never even thought about that being a possibility. Um, but I it just intuitively, I was like, that's the only thing that makes sense to me right now. And so that is something that I... I went through like some really full on just like layers and layers of just like 
stuff peeling away and like finding myself, finding my voice, like having to like literally take a day or two to like calm down from anxiety attacks of just like this stuff going on. And um, I would love to hear your thoughts on energetically whether we're talking to a thousand people or or like four people or two people or just a, a family member, what are what are ways that we can we can come how do how do we come from a place of you know like of love or empowerment and then also part two of just how to protect ourselves um, energetically in this way. Yeah, that's a really good question. I would say, um, first of all, I totally get it. I mean, it is crazy to, and I think that we actually are sort of like tricked into not really understanding this, you know, we're tricked to not like, oh, hey, is over here is this like shiny new news thing or like, hey, here's the COVID narrative or here's like this new, like, you know, whatever it is. And we're never really taught to like just just center for a minute in the day and just go within and what is in here you know what is who is this <laughs> you know like who actually is me and there's a profound beauty that we're so many people are missing out on and i'm not trying to make myself sound special by saying that either because mm. i don't think that I, it's in everyone um and in everything and when you come from that place, that place of realizing the person you're talking to is you, the person that you're talking to um, doesn't have to agree with you, you know? And so we can kind of be coming from a place where we really like are pushing to get the other person to like believe what we believe. But the it's funny thing is, is like, we didn't like when they did that to us, you know? <laughs> and then so it's just like this, you can put the information out there in this like really beautiful way, just like, here it is, like, here's what I believe. Um, but like fighting is this energetic thing that like links you in. Sorry, I'm working in the garden, got some dirt in my nails. <laughs> oh my God, it's don't apologize ever. It's a constant thing um, for me. <laughs> um, so fighting kind of like locks you in, like imagine like bull's horns, you know, or like deer horns, like deer antlers. So like fighting locks you into this person's energetic field, you know, because you're like somehow energetically latched into them through this energetic act. Like you want them to believe you and they want you to believe them. And you're at this like stalemate or like they keep coming in, coming in and, you, and it's something in you. It's, it's hitting something in you that's sticking. But when you get to this point of saying like, I don't need you to agree with me. I don't need you to even believe this I'm just letting you know that like I would love to be accepted in like what I believe because obviously you're sharing the same thing of what you believe too um or even like you know you can tell people like hey buddy like you're about to go off a cliff and like whether they take that advice or not is up to them you know like and you, we don't have to fight for it we don't have to push and shove to get this our way and um the whole thing that is very interesting about energetic attacks is that it's linked to that whole thing of like, oh yeah, well, like I really know what's best and like, how dare you, you know, like, or like, um, 
So you can even not be really logged into somebody. That's why I made the comment about the posts because you don't even have to know the people and they can come in. Mm-hmm. And that's really fascinating is when you um, start getting quiet and realizing what is your own energy, that's when you can sense when other people's energies are there. And you can just, you either, <laughs> what I will say is just fighting back is is not the best option, but standing your ground is. So what is my boundary? You know, where do I end and where does this person begin? And where do I say stop? You know, and in real life and also energetically, like I am pushing you out of my field and you're not allowed here anymore. You know, so like this is also taps into this really amazing thing that I love really thinking about on a daily basis is, is we're always taught that like magic isn't real. Okay. And that sounds so utterly bizarre to say, but the imaginal realm is so linked with the etheric realm. So the, our energy is so linked to our imagination and what we believe. Um, And when you see somebody else's energy and when you see like, where's like my pain coming from even like what does that pain look like that imagination of that is really is is something real you know we're taught it's not but it is and um it's i probably sound crazy for saying that but i say this all the time to people which is you know you have this for a reason you have this faculty for a reason and it's linked into this extrasensory part of you that we've forgotten about and have been taught is not there And, um, you know, it's just a part of also possibly if you really need to, like you're being really energetically attacked, learning more about that through an energy healer. But I would say just start with your own self because there's, there is a way to, to tell, just like I said, when I go in, like what, what's my colors? What do I look like? What does my soul, my spirit look like? And this other energy is suddenly there. What is that? Like feeling into that. And is this, is this a good thing or is this a bad thing? And how much am I going to let that permeate into me? Or how much am I going to say, you know, F off, you know, mm-hmm. because you're not really here. And it's a beautiful lesson that permeates into all areas of your life when you really get into that kind of work. And, um, it even goes into the deep lessons of like that I've had to learn for myself of like being a doctor, you know, like I could go out and just tell everybody like, you really should really take herbs, you know, for somebody who didn't ask for it. And that's me energetically attacking somebody else. Actually, that's me wanting something for them that they didn't ask for. So we just have to be really mindful too of our own side of that. How, how do we play a part? in just daily life of wanting things for people that they didn't ask for, really pushing for something and crossing a boundary, you know, um, there's a lot there. And I feel like I could go on for days and days. <laughs> I know. I'm like, I'm so fascinated. I just love hearing another person's side of it. It's been like such an interesting unfolding for me of learning about this and doing a similar thing of being like, checking like learn like really getting to know my energetic self and my complete all of my 
just my field, right? And so I now can be like, whoa, that's not me. I now get, and I now get it too. It's like, I will, I can even be like mid meltdown and, and be able to recognize this isn't me and, um, and be, it's, it's difficult in those moments, right, to, to pull yourself out of that and be like, I don't actually, I'm not going down this dark spiral right now. I don't need to be because that's actually not me. And um, it's just, it's really, really fascinating and really cool to hear your um, thoughts on that and your um, side because it really, it really resonates with me and has been a humongous part of being able to continue to um, come from a place of empowered love and freedom and come from a place of sovereignty and being like, here's, here's me and what I, and how I feel about these things. Y'all do you, everybody do, you guys do you. These are just some things I think are really fascinating and I'm going to talk about. Um, and to really recognize when, you know, a conversation does not serve us. And I've gotten, I've gotten a little bit more ruthless about it. And um, it definitely took me some interesting learning, learning <laughs> lessons to um, not engage, right, with um, the conversations that are just absolutely not, um, not just not worth it, but really almost dangerous to engage in. Like you were saying, you're entering into these energetic, did you say contract? I feel like, I don't know, I'm not sure what word you use, but you're inter, inter, entering this energetic experience with somebody when you're engaging in that. And um, it can really feel like, I can almost immediately feel it in this part of my neck. As soon as it hits, I'm like, whoa, okay, actually, no, thank you. Just going to say no to that. And, you know, and, and I catch myself too. It's, it's um, far and few between now, which is amazing. I feel like I've gotten to have like a field in like a sort of a, literally like a forest field <laughs> of yeah. energy um, for protecting myself. And, and then once in a while, if I'm not quite in that protective state, something will enter in and I can catch myself be like, okay, whoops. That was, that was because I, I came from a different space, a different place. And, um, and yeah, it's just, it's a wild thing. Yeah. Well, um, I will say too, one of the easiest ways that ties into, you know, the natural health field is all along your whole, your whole endocrine system, chakras, right? And that's just kind of like this, catchy term now but it's um really a good place to start is you know look up charts of the chakras and those correspond with different you know like your your pine your thymus you know like i'm sorry your thymus and your you know just all of the endocrine cascade that goes down you know you can start just visualizing those and visualizing what colors they are and realizing that you know, we need to be developing our, our imaginal faculty because we are, um, 
imaginal beings. You know, we live in an imaginal world. We live in a world filled with magic, absolute magic. I mean, and we are so cut off from the pure magic of what we are. We can even be just so years filled with toxic sludge energetically that we don't even know is there. I mean, from past relationships, past our parents, our, you know, even our ancestors going back. You know, so there's a lot in there to talk about, but it's so simple just to start with that one question, which is who is me, you know, and like, what do I look like? What does my energy really look like? And getting really honest with yourself of like, you know, wow, like my, like all the way down in the base of me, like my root is really sludged up and I actually really feel like really tired, you know, like, what is that? And working on yourself from an energetic level every day and then realizing there's a responsibility in that too. Like, just like I was saying, both sides of the fence, like what sludge are we feeding other people? You know, like how is our energy affecting other people? And Mm -hmm. you get into this like really real sort of um, integrity situation, but always of like, what am I, how is that what I'm saying affecting other people? Like, am I speaking from my heart here? Or am I speaking because I have like a motive, you know, to rope them in in some way? And um, it's life changing, altering. But, you know, because I think we're trained like in this light worker field to be like, everybody's attacking me. And I realize like there's another layer to that too. And um, they are like they, a lot of people are attacking and they don't realize. And I think that's the biggest thing to think of is a lot of them don't realize they're doing it. You know, so like it kind of take the judgment out of it. But at the same time, it's like, eh, well, you know, if you're going to be somebody who speaks out and goes against the, like the 99%, we got to be energetically prepared, kind of like warriors, you know. And I actually remember a meme that you had posted that was like this warrior with like, like a warrior woman with like, you know, like a sword and a sh- like, like full armor, you know, like, mm-hmm. it's so true. Because like, you're going in and you're like, the only thing I've got is like my heart, you know, like I can, (laughs) I can, you know, but, but very really like your boundaries are real, but the, the best protection is actually to be in that heart field, that heart space, that force field is your heart space, you know, and just let it envelop you and see what that feels like, you know, like, does this feel different than, you know, how does this change me? And it's healing on a level I can't even describe. And so there's a whole nother, when I tell people about this, I'm like, okay, are you ready for like the whole other part of life that was like, okay, we're going to be taking like the, the matrix, like you're coming out of the matrix, you know, like for real. And we're going into the imaginal realm here. And sometimes that can start with some, somebody being energetically attacked, or it can start with like, oh, I was out in the garden. Like I heard plants talking to me, you know, like it can start in so many different areas where you realize this world is not what we thought it was or were taught that it is, you know? So, yeah, I hope I answered that question well. I could just Oh, yeah. I love it. I love It's so funny. (laughs) Like, that's something since I was a kid, my mom would just, like, casually say, like, oh, the plants need to be watered. Oh, my God, they're just yelling at me. And I was like, what? Like yeah. in my in my family, the 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 women have always had like tons of house plants, tons and tons of house plants, mm-hmm. and that's just something that like 
can kind of you maybe you can kind of see around me a little bit yeah, it's just it. something awesome. that like i cannot help it just like happens mm -hmm. and then as soon as i think i'm like i'm under control with this like a plant just drops a leaf and it wants and it and it makes a new plant out of itself and it's like oh we're ready make a new we're making a new one you have no choice in this you know <laughs> um and so for me, that's like something that has always been present in my life is my, is that, um, you know, that imaginal realm you're speaking of. And I just think to like to to look at like a small child and see, for example, the small the youngest of the children, right? Like before they are really just sort of um smothered in the the matrix and just like all of their like magical senses and i remember learning that we have more than five senses and i was like what of course we do <laughs> i love that news and so and that just is something that's so ingrained in us as from like a really young age well you just have these five senses you've got nothing else and that's so inaccurate and um, it, you can tell, too, in the smallest ch of children, um, especially, I feel like, especially if they don't have other, like, factors coming in at a really early age. Like, the imagination is just beyond anything. And, and so many people, you know, I feel like so many people talk about how they're, like, the, the youngest children are, you know, still tapped into the etheric realms and to like, maybe their, their past lives or like where they came from. And they're, they're kind of just like adjusting to being in a, in a body at this point. And I feel like, um, the more we can encourage that, um, in our young children, the more we can be like, that's so normal. And that's really wonderful. And it is a shame that society and culture has really been like, too much imagination, not enough homework, or like too much imagination, not enough, you know, whatever it is, cleaning your room or something. And so like it, I, I just, I feel like that's such a huge part of um, an upbringing that feels really, really good and really like holistic and really, um, you know, full spectrum is just like encouraging that and, and really, you know, I, I forget what the word was recently, but there's like the first stage of childhood is really like the imagination realm. It's zero to seven is like they're not really ready for, you know, um, other things that, uh, you know, learn different types of learning and all this like kind of forced in stuff that happens before that age. And um, I just love that. I love, I just love what you said about all of that. Yeah. And um, it's really interesting too, if you really look at the way children play, they, they imagine themselves into learning, mm -hmm. you know, it's all imagination. And we're like, in certain schools, they're like condemning play, but like, you know, as well as I know that everything that they're playing is this imagination that's bringing, trickling down into allowing them to be really solid within this world you know they get to try it and play at it and imagine it and work with it and that's also something that we can do you know I love the 
the different authors like Maxwell Maltz who taught like all the way back in the 40s he was just teaching about we have something called an automatic success mechanism within ourselves which is something that happens whenever we imagine something to so he was helping people through um he was a plastic surgeon and he noticed that the the people that he was he was actually healing some of them didn't actually change their outlook of their personality and he realized that we have this like we can have all these different things that go on and cloud our our imagination about ourselves and these different perceptions we have of reality and the way people are perceiving us but he opened his his whole expanse into that into like helping athletes like imagine themselves like doing well like when they were out actually performing like making that goal you know like whatever it was or like a golfer like doing the hole in one and like perfectly precisionly like in your mind imagining that thing and he found like the success was like through the roof you know because you really do and that's like this other whole light worker thing which is like you know we're always taught like our thoughts are reality but like okay that's just the thoughts i'm thinking like what am i though like always imagine what is the movie going on in my mind and what am i allowing am i can like can i control that you know can i um work on what i see in my imaginal realm to actually just like a child help me in reality you know and such a strange concept to to say but it's um it's brilliant i mean we just and i also love um some of the other like stephen Herod Buner. he writes he I've just started getting into some of his books. I didn't even know they were out there, but I was like, oh my gosh, he writes about this. Like he has a book about like the plants and the imaginal realm and like how mm -hmm. we, we live in this realm that is, is always there all the time for us to access. And yeah, the children are just so tapped into that all the time. You can just see it in their eyes. And it, the reason why they're always like so excited about everything is because they're still you know, it is exciting. And we've just kind of forgotten as we got older that it is exciting to be here, you know? So yeah. it's beautiful. Yeah. And it, I feel like I just, my, my youngest, who's, he's like four, almost five, just, I think it was yesterday morning. He, we, we sit around and do our, our little um, morning sort of like, it's like meditative a bit. And, um, it feels really good to sort of transition out of the sleeping of the evening to be like calm and quiet and everybody has a journal and just does whatever is coming to us in the moment. And he just like, he just sat back and he was like, ah, this is the best life ever. <laughs> so, yeah. What? I just was like, man, I, I love that. I just like, if I need to like remind myself sometimes of like <laughs> how to just like outlook, right? I think right. I just channel him sometimes because I'm like, wow, that, that just, okay. I have into it and the, I'm trying, you know, to just, just encourage that and just not stifle that energy and and um, that's like one of my, you know, mothering goals is like, okay, I'm not going to stifle this like beautiful energy and just like the funniest little things that 
he says and that that are just just so uplifting and just so real and true it's like yeah okay i'm into it and he has nothing to compare it to he has only his moments in his life to just compare it to but says things like that often well that that speaks to how well you are parenting though i mean that does you know that's a great wonderful thing to have it that's like the ultimate you know like like you're giving him and that's so beautiful because many aren't given that, you know. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Thank you. I feel really, I feel really proud recently, and like just trying to more and more, just really like nurture those moments, and just yeah, I totally, I agree with you, you know, yeah. and and just really, just like, just um, yeah, just nurturing that. Ah. Mm. <sighs> Is there anything else that's just burning in your mind right now or lately or just like, Mm. I know we've gone over an hour. I hope this is okay. And just let me know (laughs) if you have to hop off. I just like, no, I'm so much fun. So you just tell me when you're, when, you know, I I think that we've hit a lot of the things I actually have been talking, like thinking about. Mm -hmm. I mean, I'd love to do another live at another time. Like, to see how things have shifted from what we've talked about today, mm-hmm. you know, how things are headed. Um, but no, I, I really, yeah, I have so much that I could just go on for, I mean, any, anything, <laughs> I could just go on and on and on, but this has been a really feel you. <laughs> yeah. So. Oh, well, that, I just thank you so much for for hanging out this evening and for allowing me to pick your brain and chat and um I just love literally everything you said and um it's just perfect. It's just yes. wonderful. Thank you so much. This is really great. Yeah. <laughs> thank you everyone for tuning in and your wonderful comments and everything and um can't wait to do more yeah i'm excited to see what else you do Mm, thank you (laughs) all right well thanks a lot camille thank you